0: Side Hustle Show 280, the local rental side hustle, getting started in inflatable real estate. What's up, what's up, Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because starting small is better than not starting at all. My guest today wanted to get into real estate investing, but actually stumbled upon a different investment idea at his son's friend's birthday party.
1: We actually went to a birthday party for my son and I saw one of these bounce houses So I was kind of intrigued right around that time. I'd start reading books by Napoleon Hill, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I kind of had some of that entrepreneurship spirit in me. When the time came for me to make a decision, it was real estate or a bounce house. They both did the same thing, which was bring in income. The bounce house was just a little more affordable at the time.
0: That's Corey Jeffries from castlesfloat.com, who turned an $800 purchase of a used bounce house into $3,000 in revenue in his first year in business. And last year, he did fifteen grand all on the side from his day job in IT. This was an eye opening and inspiring conversation for me, both from the standpoint of, hey, there are lots of other things that people rent besides houses, like what other products could you pivot that traditional real estate business model to, but also from the standpoint of how Corey's set this business up to be as passive as possible. Hi! Thank you for calling Castles Floating Kids Play, your preferred bounce house rental company. Please listen carefully to the following menu options. For customer service, press 1. Para español, marque el número 12. For questions about
1: scheduled deliveries, press 3. Or, please remain on the line and your call will be answered by the next available rep. We look forward to servicing your event. Also, don't
0: forget to ask about our Party in a Box Packages. Stick around to hear how Corey got his first customers, what's driving the business today, and how he's built his team and his processes to limit his own time. Notes and links for this one, plus a free downloadable PDF highlight reel with all of Corey's top tips from this episode are at SideHustleNation.com slash Corey. That's C-O-R-E-Y. Now, this is a business that doesn't require a ton of equipment, but one tool you might want to have in your toolbox, whether you're renting bouncy houses or selling any type of service, is FreshBooks. It's the affordable cloud accounting system that's recommended by 97% of small business owners, and it's built specifically with side hustlers and freelancers in mind. I want to thank FreshBooks for sponsoring today's show and for helping 10 million entrepreneurs, myself included in that, get paid and help keep the books in order come tax time. As a Side Hustle Show listener, you can claim a 30-day completely free trial at freshbooks.com slash side hustle. That's freshbooks.com slash side hustle to start your 30-day free trial today. I'll be back with my top takeaways from this chat with Corey after the interview. Ready? Let's do it.
1: So basically what I did was I searched Craigslist, found the median prices for a bounce house, pieced together a six month plan. Hey, if I can make this many rentals and make my money back, it's a go. To rent or to buy? To buy. So I said I would spend this amount of money and then six months if I don't make my money back from rentals, then I could just sell it and maybe move on to the next deal. But it actually went better than expected. So yeah, yeah. it's
0: pretty low risk.
1: Well, I wouldn't say low risk, uh, given everything that goes into it. You have to have a bunch of things that go along with it. So um, I didn't know it was high risk at the time, but from the numbers side, it was very low risk investment.
0: Okay, okay. Well, we'll get into some of that. Maybe liability (laughs) stack in a second. Did you do anything? So you found one of these things used on Craigslist. And how much did it cost?
1: It cost me 800 bucks.
0: Okay, so $800 for a used bounce house on Craigslist. Did you do any sort of competitive analysis or like market research? Like what's the demand for these things versus, okay, how much can I get for a rental for it? Or any of that before diving in and saying, look, my town has a shortage of these things. I'm gonna get into this market.
1: It was actually funny. My first thing for research was there's nobody doing this. So I jumped out there and realized that everybody was doing it. So <laughs> that would be my advice. Never say that nobody's doing what you're doing because when I started, everywhere you look, everybody was renting balance houses. So,
0: Okay. Was that just one of those things like, oh, as soon as you buy a blue car, then everyone has that same blue car?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Were you concerned about that? Like there's too much competition? I'm never going to be able to get customers?
1: I wasn't really concerned about the competition so much as I was concerned about making my money back. So I really wasn't worried about the competition.
0: What makes you say that? What gave you that confidence?
1: The fact that I had a family defeat at the time and I just took out this $800 from taxes and I had to make it back. So it was kind of a, not really worried about competition. I just want to get my few customers and i make my money back.
0: <laughs> All right. Fair enough. I like that. I like that. Parlay the tax refund into into new business. Okay. So what happens next? You put it up for rent. How do you get your first customers?
1: So it's funny. My first customer was actually my aunt. She called me. My cousin was having a birthday party and I had just gotten the bounce house, hadn't even did any marketing. Um, I told a few family members. And she called me and she said, hey, I want to rent the Bounce House. I was like, don't worry about it. I'll give it to you for free. It's my cousin. And she said, nope. She said, if I would go to anybody else, I would pay them. So I want to pay you. So I went and did her event. She had some neighbors. And then we ended up, the next rental was one of her neighbors from word of mouth. Okay. just it just kind of picked up steam from there with a few Craigslist ads and Facebook ads and so forth.
0: How much does it cost to rent one of these
1: things? So when I first started renting them, I was doing 120 for an all-day session and then each year I slowly increase my prices. So right now we're at 145. Just depending on where you go, they can range anywhere between 120 to like 200 bucks to rent.
0: Okay. So you did a little bit of market intelligence to say, okay, what are the other people charging? I can undercut that a little bit because yeah. I got low overhead and I'm, I'm new in the game.
1: Yeah. So when I first started, I had someone write me through one of the sites I was marketing on. They were basically telling me that I need to raise my prices because I'm undercutting everybody. And I guess that person was renting balance houses too, and I maybe was undercutting their prices, but it was pretty funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, hey man,
0: you're hurting our business.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Hey entrepreneurs! We know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards. You'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards applies to base rate taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. doing that delivery and setup and takedown like what's the time involvement from that standpoint it sounds like okay i can buy this thing for 800 bucks i can rent it for 120 bucks if i do that a dozen times like i've already made my money back and then some that sounds great but like there's there's obviously more to it than that
1: yeah yeah absolutely so yeah when i first started out i was doing everything there's a particular process to actually rolling it up and getting it right so when you go to roll it on a dolly it rolls right and it's not crooked and, and limp Setup time takes about 15 to 20 minutes, just depending on the terrain, where you're setting up at, the environment. Breakdown takes about the same amount of time. There have been some events where I come back and the kids are still jumping, so me being a nice guy, I'll give them a few extra minutes <laughs> to jump around so I don't seem like the bad guy.
0: Time's up, the clock's ticking, buddy. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I mean, I've seen many of sad faces as I pull up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 20 minutes to set up, about 20 minutes to take down, so it's not a very hard process. I mean, it does take a little manual labor, that's what I learned from being out there and doing the rentals myself.
0: Because it's really heavy, like canvas or or like rubber. How much does the thing weigh?
1: I think the one I purchased was about, when it's rolled up, it's about 400 pounds, I believe. It's vinyl. So just loading around 400 pounds of vinyl.
0: Yeah, vinyl. That's the word I was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) So are you just like Superman? You lift that all on yourself? You mentioned the dolly. I mean, do you have to have a, a couple people help you?
1: No, for the ones I have, you can manage them on your own. For me, it was... If I do it consistently, I can take care of it myself. But if I haven't done it for a while, it takes a little while to get back into the motion, they are very heavy. So just kind of learning how to work with them and maneuver them gets pretty easy to do.
0: Yeah, have you got like a pickup truck with like a ramp in the back? I'm just trying to picture like the logistics of it.
1: Yeah, so I have a utility trailer. It's a five by eight and it has a drop gate. So basically I'll just drop that down, roll the bounce house up into it, lay the bounce house down and put the gate back up.
0: Okay, was that something that you already had or something you had to get for the business?
1: So it's something I had to borrow from my brother when I first started. So just to go back a little bit, when I first started, I had a two-door Honda Accord and I didn't have any way to haul this thing around. So so that was one of my very first problems was, okay, I have this thing. How am I going to maneuver it around? Yeah. So I called my brother. He had a utility trailer. And I said, hey, can I borrow your utility trailer to do my uh, deliveries? And I'll pay you for each time that I use it. And to my surprise, he told me just to use it when I need to and just make sure it's available for him when he needs it. So that solved one of my major problems right there.
0: Okay, okay. Because it's not like, I mean, you're putting some wear and tear on it, but you're not like racking up miles on an engine or something.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, my car.
0: (laughs) Yeah, your car, your car. And then as far as blowing the thing up, did it come with the air compressor, air pump? How does that part work?
1: Yeah, so it comes with a blower. Basically, it just continuously blows air and inflates the bounce house. So it'll just sit there and blow the whole time it's up.
0: Okay. I guess if it doesn't come with that, it's pretty worthless. Okay.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can get you can get them for about two hundred bucks, two or three hundred bucks. It's actually funny. I had one malfunction one time, and they sent me to a pool house, like where they make pools at, down in Charlotte, North Carolina, to pick up a blower. So they actually use those same blowers in pools, I believe. So fun fact.
0: Huh. Okay. And then just runs off regular, plug it into a power outlet.
1: Yeah. Just plug it into your house, power outlet, and good to go.
0: Okay. You know, so, Like the ones, sometimes we see them, they're out at parks or like at the community center and I don't know that they're running an extension cord from the building. Do you have to bring a generator in those cases or do you ask the party host to provide that?
1: Yeah. So you would just find out if they have power. If not, then we would just need to bring a generator out to make sure there's a power source.
0: Okay. Is that an upcharge? Yes, it is. Okay. Is that something you own or you rent that yourself by the day? No, no.
1: I own it and then we just add it to the invoice if you need extra power source.
0: Okay. All right. I'm, uh, I'm liking this so far. <laughs> Tell me about the marketing and sales. You mentioned, hey, it started kind of with family, word of mouth, Craigslist ads. Like, Where else are you driving business for this thing?
1: So we do do social media. So we do post targeted ads. I'm also on Thumbtack, which has been pretty good for us. We actually made 2016 and 2015 best of for Thumbtack. Which basically means we had the most rentals within our industry and our market the fastest response time best pricing and so forth so with all of those qualities we got rated pretty high on thumbtack word of mouth also doing sales calls so i'll just get on the phone and start cold calling a couple of businesses we get people that come to our email site and they'll contact us from there and i've also had people just from the past reach out to me so pretty good with the marketing
0: okay I'm gonna ask you about the cold calling in a second but tell me about thumbtack how does that work I thought that was kind of a more of a marketplace for like handyman and stuff like that
1: it is so they have made a lot of changes over time when I first started of course their prices were a lot lower but since everybody's doing what I'm doing of course the prices go up but basically what you do is you put a job out and you say this is what I do and customers will go in and say this is what I'm looking for And they'll send the quote to all of the people who do balance houses, for example. And we'll get that quote and then we respond back to them. Whoever has the fastest response time is more likely to get that customer. Once you respond to that customer, then you get charged the fee to reach out to that customer. And then go from there, either get their information, call them, or just do the chat right through Thumbtack and uh, get them set up from there.
0: What's the charge to submit that bid?
1: So it depends on your industry, a bunch of different analytics. For us, when we first started out, it was about $3 per bid or per customer. Since then, it's jumped up to about six or seven bucks now per customer that we respond to. So I try to make sure that before we respond, all the information is there, like the date, the time, to make sure that we can service that event, the location, so we can give an accurate quote as it pertains to delivery fee and all that good information before we respond, because it does cost.
0: Okay. So there's a delivery fee if it's outside of a certain radius?
1: Yeah. So we do the first 20 miles are free and then anything after that is 80 cents a mile.
0: Okay. Now, are you, are you like, do you have thumbtack notifications on your phone? Are you, you responding to these at work? Cause that's, you said the speed of response is the best indicator if you're going to get the job. How does that work if you're working full time? So?
1: I hired a virtual assistant about three years ago. So about the second year after I got started, what happened was I was at work. I got a phone call. I missed that call and I called the customer back and within all of like five or 10 minutes, I called that customer back and they had found someone else to service their event with the bounce house. Yeah. Uh, that was right around the time I read the Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Week. So that kind of gave me the idea to go get an assistant. So since then, my assistant's able to handle the call volume, emails, thumbtack, and all of that throughout the day when I'm not available to answer those responses. So that's how we got the fastest response on a thumbtack.
0: Okay. Now that's a tough role to hire for because you probably don't, I don't imagine that these requests are coming in all day, every day. It's kind of a on demand thing. Maybe I'll get a couple today or maybe I'll get one at eight in the morning and then nothing else. Like do you have to pay their time to be on duty like that the whole time?
1: So we worked out a deal where she would work kind of on an as needed basis. So my goal is to make sure that of course she's getting enough call volume, enough emails to make it worth it. So what I'll do is I'll put in like three hours mandatory for like social media follow-ups and any other things that I need throughout the week. So that way, at least she's getting some type of revenue from us. And then if she does take calls, she just records that. If she needs to send out an email or send an invoice, she'll record that. So on an average, she's probably doing about three to five hours per week.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So it's super flexible. It sounds like. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. And then I'm not her only customer, so she has (laughs) other, other people that she works for too. So
0: Okay. Was that a thumbtack specialist VA or was that just like, hey, I'm going to find somebody who has good customer service skills?
1: So I actually went to Upwork and that's where I found my assistant from.
0: Okay. Tell me about the cold calling because that doesn't sound very passive at all.
1: The thing I like about owning your business is that you can turn up the volume at any given point in time. Unlike a job, you can only work for so many hours. So for me, cold calling is more of a, how many rentals can I get in this year? So I have a goal to do 1,600 rentals this year, which might be small, might be big to some people, not sure. So cold calling to me is on my way to work. I'll make about three to five calls, just calling daycare centers, other businesses, just to see if they need a bounce house. If they've used one in the past, how can we help out with any events that they have coming up? And just trying to reach that goal of 1600 rentals i can do pretty good with just marketing and not touch anything but i have the opportunity and the option to jump in and do anything that i want to to increase sales or increase business
0: 1600 rentals is like four a day a little more over four a day how many of these things do you have now
1: i only have two so my goal is to start generating enough revenue now to get about three or four three or four more and then just kind of blow it away this summer. One of my methods is to reach out to daycare centers because they can help us out Monday through Friday when we're down because most of our rentals are done on Saturdays and Sundays. So if we can fill up that Monday through Friday gap, then I can see us getting there.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Still four a day seems, seems pretty intense, for something like super seasonal and like you said, super concentrated on the weekends. But yeah, trying to make the most of that kind of downtime where it's the yeah. same. You know, subway. We're gonna start serving breakfast because say hey, we already got the capacity for it. What else is driving sales? So it sounds like the thumbtack thing, the cold calling that you mentioned, some Facebook or some social media stuff, and then people discovering your website just through Google. I imagine if they search your town plus bounce house, like your your website's gonna come up. Yeah. Castlesfloat.com if you want to go check it out. Anything else driving sales?
1: I think that's pretty much it. Like I said, we're cold calling right now, just trying to reach out to some businesses and kind of see what we can pick up from there.
0: Okay. Would you say like you're at capacity in terms of weekend rentals? Like how far in advance do people plan this stuff?
1: I think the farthest out people do is about two months, two or three months. But most people are like, we just had a caller today who wanted a rental this Saturday. So sometimes they're just like a day out. My suggestion is always to do at least two weeks in advance to make sure there's availability.
0: Okay. Yeah, Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, tell me about the liability stuff, like if people are bouncing up and down, they break their ankle, and then they say, hey, you had a faulty bounce house or something like that. How do you protect yourself from that?
1: So we do have insurance LLC. So the LLC protects you personally with your personal assets. Insurance protects you in the event that something happens business-wise, so it kind of protects the business. What we do is when we go out or when my delivery guy goes out, I have him walk the customer around, make sure everything's in place, do a walk-around inspection. And then we also make sure that the customer understands what they're supposed to do and what they're not supposed to do. We also send them over a rental agreement. So all the directions are listed out in there. So over the past four years, we haven't had any incidents or anything crazy happen. Um, and that's because we make sure we follow certain procedures.
0: Was the insurance expensive to get?
1: It's about $1,500 15 to $1,600 a year.
0: Okay. So 10 or 12 rentals and, and you're covered on that? Yeah. Okay. That eats into your margins a little bit, but better better safe than sorry, for sure. Yeah. One thing you just mentioned was the delivery guy. So it sounds like you're no longer responding to the inquiries, you've got your VA to do that, and you're no longer doing the deliveries. You got your delivery guy to do that. Tell me about that process.
1: It was one Saturday, me and my son, I told him I was gonna take him to the park. We didn't get an opportunity to go because I was doing deliveries all day. So I kind of let him down. I don't think he was upset, but it was just kind of that. I wanna spend time with my family, how do I make that happen now? So I went out on Craigslist, uh, put up an ad saying that I was looking for someone to do labor. And I had two guys respond to me. The guy I have now, he was the first to respond. Set up a meeting at Starbucks, kind of explained the overall ropes to him, said he was down. So from there, we went to the storage, kind of gave him a tutorial on how to do the setup. And it's actually funny because my son was the one that was always with me doing the setups. And so I had to train him one day at a customer's house, so we get out there and I'm letting him do all the work so he can get the you know, hands-on experience. And my son goes over and he's like trying to help him set the balance house yeah. up. And I'm kind of like, son, you know, kind of back up and let him do it because he has to learn how to, how to do it. But yeah, just having that extra set of hands on deck definitely frees me up to do other things.
0: Okay. Yeah, that's that's awesome. So yeah, I know totally hands-off. In a typical customer transaction, are you talking to the customer or is it all handled by your VA and then he she schedules it and then the delivery guy picks it up from the storage unit, which that was the other question. Like, are you keeping the stuff in your garage? Like, I imagine it's pretty bulky. Picks it up in the storage unit, goes and delivers it, sets it up, and then goes back four hours later, however many hours later, and, and takes it down?
1: Yeah, that's exactly how it works. So we'll get a phone call. My assistant will handle that. We'll get an email. My assistant will handle that. Get the customer set up. She'll send out an invoice for them to make a deposit or full payment. She'll send them a rental agreement. And then on Fridays, she'll have a, we call with our delivery guy to let him know what's on the calendar for the week so he'll go to the storage pick up whatever needs to be picked up drop it off go about his day and then come back later on and pick it up and drop
0: it back off in the storage then i cut him a check you know every monday for services okay so that's cool he's just like hey this is my that's his side hustle probably like i'm working yeah yeah <laughs> okay yeah. did you know that roughly half of side hustle nation hasn't started their side hustle yet if that's you i get it starting and building a business is tough A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. What else? Tell me about the payment side. So you mentioned invoicing. I guess I was kind of picturing just like you have one of the little square credit card swipes when you show up or when the delivery guy shows up. How does the payment work?
1: So the payment works. We use QuickBooks and my assistant will send them a invoice. They can pay right there over the email. Just hit the pay button. They can either do a deposit or they can do a full payment. As I'm researching and learning, one thing that I implemented was we offer a $5 off discount if you make a full payment during the phone call or that day. That helps us increase our revenue upfront versus just getting a $50 deposit. So that's kind of how the payment process works. We take the deposit because there have been times where I would show up to someone's house and not taking a deposit, not doing a verification phone call, and I'll show up and they'll say, oh, I meant to call you and tell you that we canceled. And so I'm hauling this vinyl all around town mm-hmm. only to be told that we don't need you anymore. So the deposit is beneficial for both parties because it makes us, we're now obligated to service your event and the customer will call if they are not having their event or if something goes wrong on our end, they will definitely call because they have skin in the game now.
0: Okay. That makes sense. So a few moving parts. So you got the, the inventory, the physical inventory itself, two bounce houses. Now was the second one bought used too?
1: Yes. So I bought it from a, actually a guy who does bounce houses. He has a very big company about a town over from me. So he was depleting his inventory and I was able to catch him with a bounce house for a good deal.
0: Okay. So a couple of those, the blowers that come with them, a generator, you know, for the offsite stuff and added surcharge Mm -hmm. for that, the QuickBooks for payment processing or the, the invoicing, the VA, the delivery guy, the trailer thing, there's a few moving parts to this, but talk to me about kind of the return on investment, what you saw in the first year and what you've been able to build since then.
1: So from a numbers perspective, the first year, trial and error, I put up 800 bucks and I turned that into about $3,000. Year two, I did about 4,000. Year three, I did right around nine 9,000. And then just this past year, we did close to 15,000 in sales. Very, very small numbers, but What I'm looking at more so is the growth and continually learning. This year, we're definitely trying to hit a larger number just from the experience and everything that I've read and learned about. So from a growth perspective, that's definitely great because year over year, revenue wise, we're growing. So that's definitely something positive to look
0: at. Well, fifteen grand is nothing to sneeze at either. In addition to the day job and, and everything else, so that's pretty awesome. Where, so you mentioned the sixteen hundred rentals this year. I mean, that would be huge in terms of, of revenue numbers. What do you think is realistic, or where do you think you're? I don't know. Where do you, where do you expect to end up, or what's going on next for this business?
1: Realistically speaking, I could probably say I at about three or four hundred rentals, but. My drive this year is greater than ever. So 1600 is always on the top of my list. One thing that I'm actually doing this year is for every 20th rental that we do, which is a customer calls in and makes a payment and we do a delivery, I'm going to give a bonus to my assistant and my delivery guy. Okay. You know, to hopefully keep the energy going, keep the flow going. One of the things that I've learned at work in my full-time job is that people just like to receive extra money. I don't know what it is about it, but extra money just helps out tremendously. So my goal is for every 20th rental, I'm gonna give out a bonus and I'm looking at that bonus. Like if I give out this much in bonuses, that means I reach this number. So that's kind of how I'm looking at it.
0: Are you at capacity with what you can do with the two units that you have? Like, are you looking at geog, how would you say it? Geographic? (laughs) Horizontal expansion with just more deeper penetration into the market where you're already at?
1: Yeah. So I think it's going to be a simultaneous increase in marketing and sales and then increasing the equipment. So right now I would say we are kind of reaching capacity as to how many events we can do per week. So right now we can do maybe four events per day at the max if the times are right. But on an average day, we can do about two per day, um, just given when they rent them out. And I recently changed my pricing structure from half a day to a whole day rental. Last year, we did a a three-tier structure, which was three hours, five hours, and then eight hours. What I found is that people really only like to rent them for about three to five hours. So I just switched it to half a day, so you can get it for up to half a day or up to a full day. And most people, just about three or four hours is all they need.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Corey, what kind of time are you putting into it these days between the cold calling and then, I don't know, I imagine if, if somebody wants a day off, then you're the one doing the deliveries. What's the time involvement look like these days?
1: Actually, last year, I didn't do any deliveries. My delivery guy handled all of those. My assistant, she's actually taking a few days off. Like She's actually off this week. So I'm actually handling phone calls and sending out invoices. So to me, it feels good to like hop on the phone and actually talk to the customers and kind of let them hear my voice, per se. Time wise, I have a 30 minute meeting every Friday with my assistant. Phone calls in the morning, probably about another 30 or 40 minutes. During my lunch break, I'll do follow up emails. So that's probably about another 30 or 40 minutes. So probably about an hour a day or something like that. Then maybe on the weekends, I'll do some uploading my buffer to do like social media posts, but not too much time.
0: Okay. So the follow-up emails are just to follow up on the call, like the daycare calls and stuff that you made earlier in the day.
1: Yeah, just to send them a follow-up with some information, just to reiterate what we discussed that morning.
0: Makes sense, man. You got my gears turning on similar businesses. Like, I don't, I don't want to steal your idea, but like, <laughs> where the acquisition cost is affordable, is cheap. But the daily rental charge is high. Like you know, you think about real estate; it's all about the one percent rule. I'm gonna I'm gonna buy a hundred thousand dollar house and rent it for a thousand dollars a month. In this case, I'm gonna buy an eight hundred dollar house and rent it for one hundred forty bucks a day. It's like yeah. That math is a lot more attractive. So pretty, pretty exciting stuff. Corey, appreciate you joining me. Coreyjeffries.com is where you can find them. If you want to check out the Bounce House site, it's castlesfloat.com. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation.
1: I would say just know your calendar. Make sure you know what time you're going to bed, what time you're waking up, what time you're supposed to be doing whatever you're doing to be successful. Sounds
0: good. I like that. Know your calendar. That's actually a new one. So appreciate you joining me, Corey. We'll catch up with you soon. All
1: right. Sounds good. Thanks, Nick.
0: This edition of the Side Hustle Show is brought to you by FreshBooks.com. Here's Side Hustler turned full-time entrepreneur Grayson Bell on why he likes FreshBooks.
1: What's up, Side Hustle Nation? This is Grayson from imarkinteractive.com. I run a WordPress maintenance and support company that helps bloggers and site owners get started and run on WordPress. I've been using FreshBooks for a little bit over a year now, and it has made my business so much easier to run. I can bring all my expenses in automatically from PayPal, my credit cards, my bank account. I can send recurring invoices to my customers on a regular basis without having to think about it. The payment options are awesome. I've saved thousands with PayPal fees by using their PayPal for business setup. Their support is great. Their interface is easy to use. I've been a fan of FreshBooks, and I'll continue to be a fan of FreshBooks. It's streamlined to help my business grow. Visit
0: FreshBooks.com slash SideHustle to start your 30-day free trial today. That's FreshBooks.com slash SideHustle for your free 30-day trial. All right, my top takeaways from this call with Corey. Number one is to think ROI. What other assets could this model be applied to? I mean, if you're attracted to the idea of recurring revenue, rental income, royalty income, that sort of thing, keep your eye out for other assets that are rented out on a short-term basis, like Corey's bounce houses. I think he's onto something there. So that's takeaway number one, think about return on investment. Number two is to think systems and processes. Without those in place, Corey wouldn't be able to remove himself from the operation like he has. I think he's been very intentional about putting the people and processes in place so that he doesn't become the linchpin or the bottleneck in the business. I think he's done well working on the business instead of in it, something I know I could improve on from time to time. That's takeaway number two. And number three, is at a certain point, you just have to go for it. Remember, he had the little Honda Accord with no way to move this 400-pound thing, and he saw all this competition, but he still went for it. Did you catch that bit where he noted his worst-case scenario? Look, if I can't rent this thing out, I can just I can probably resell it to recoup my $800. Like what's your worst case scenario in your side hustle? Like what is it really? It's probably not as bad as you're making it out to be. So let me know what you think. Sidehustlenation.com slash Corey. Again, C-O-R-E-Y is where you can find the show notes for this episode along with the free PDF highlight reel with all of Corey's top tips from the call. If you like what you hear on The Side Hustle Show, hit the subscribe button in your podcast player app to make sure you never miss an episode. And that's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show where you'll learn how to start a profitable freelance writing business in just an hour a day. I'll see you then. Hustle on.
1: Thanks for listening to the Side Hustle Show at www.sidehustlenation.com.